Well, I'm totally ashamed of my attempt at drawing a snowman. I'm not sure there's any part of that that has anything to do with a snowman, but I was genuinely trying my best. This is the final part of our Christmas series that we've been doing over the last few weeks. What are you? What are you made of? What's in you? One answer to that slightly strange question could be this, that you are 98.5% made up of just six elements. 65% oxygen, you are. You're 18% carbon, 10% hydrogen, 3% nitrogen, 1.4% calcium, and 1.1% phosphorus. Or you could say this, what's in you? What are you? You could say you are 7 billion, billion, billion atoms. And here's a scary thought. And since since all atoms are 99.99999 recurring percent empty space, you're pretty much nothing. One physicist calculated that if we were to remove all that empty space, the entire human population would take up the space of a single sugar cube, which I just don't understand at all. Or you might say, what's in you? Who are you? What are you? You might say, what matters is not all the physical aspects and properties, but the type of person you are, what's on the inside, we might say. In which case, you are your thoughts and your feelings as expressed through your physical body. Your, your relationships, your noble thoughts, your wise decisions, your intellectual capacities. But the Christian has another altogether grander, bigger view of what a person is. People are the pinnacle of God's creation. Designed and created by God in the image of God. There's something about the human person that reflects some of the qualities of God. But then the Christian can go even further in speaking of himself or herself and say that we are also God's sons and daughters with the presence of God residing in us. And so in this mini-series in Romans chapter 8, we've seen first that God is for us, that we were by nature subject to his wrath, but he's now declared no condemnation because Jesus has taken it for us. We've seen, secondly, that God is with us. In the person of Jesus of Nazareth, God came to be with us, to live for us, to die for us, to rise for us, to ascend to us, to reign now for us. He's with us. And thirdly, today, what we're going to see today in the next bit of Romans chapter 8 is that God is in us, not just with us, but in us. So what's in you? If you're a Christian today, more than chemicals, more than atoms, more than intellect, we are, you are the dwelling place of God, God in us. And this is like where the Christmas story reaches its highest point. God in us, the very presence of the creator of the universe residing in human beings. It could not get more remarkable. So let's, let's read a few verses from Romans chapter 8. This is verses 14 to 17. For Paul is saying, as he follows on from what he's previously just said, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. 
Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, already in Romans chapter 8, Paul has explained that God's spirit lives in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, trusting in God, trusting in Jesus for your salvation, then God's spirit lives in you. In fact, he says this in verse 10, he says, we are truly alive because of the spirit. And in verse 9, he said, if the spirit of God isn't in you, you can't possibly even be a child of God. Because by definition, God's children are alive with God's spirit pulsating with life in them. So let's just make two, th- two points today about the life of God in us from Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. And they are this, new direction and new identity. So firstly, from verse 14, Paul is speaking about new direction. Verse 14 says this, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. You see, a new life has entered into the believer in Jesus. A new new impulse is at work within, a new agenda, a new direction, a new way of living because I am led by the Spirit of God. He is leading me from within. We had a, a chap in my church in Torquay who very sadly died a couple of years ago and he had gone through all sorts of treatment for terrible disease that he had at one point he had some stem cell treatment and because of the the nature of the treatment he wasn't allowed to know who had uh, who had donated the stem cells but he did find out where the chap came from and he did notice this one slightly strange effect from having these stem cells implanted in him, in which was this, that his eyebrows changed colour. It was like what had actually happened was this part of the life of this donor, now in my friend in Torquay, had had an effect that you could see. In his case, his eyebrows had changed colour. You can see the effect of the life of God in a Christian by the way they live. There's a new impulse at work. There's a new agenda. There's a new wanting to please God. Life looks a bit different now because there's new life within, which is the promise of the Old Testament. One part of the Old Testament says this, God saying, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God's saying when the Holy Spirit comes, life's going to be different and look different and feel different and the new motivation within. I have three sons, my middle son, Ben, I can remember one particular week when he was a fair bit younger and it was, he, he loved cricket, he liked playing cricket, he was part of the local cricket club. It was a really wet, horrible evening but he still wanted to go and play cricket. There was like an impulse, there was some, something from within him motivating him there and I remember that same week, a couple of days later, he said before he went to bed, he said, I probably won't get to sleep very quickly tonight. The, the reason being he was really excited about the upcoming game that he had for his cricket club it's like there's an impulse there's an inclination there's a new direction in him there's something in him helping him want to live in a certain direction it's a little bit like what happens to the Christian I can remember a couple that we knew in Torquay over the road who became Christians 
And their life just began to change. But it didn't begin to change because we were telling them, now you must do this, and now you've been a Christian for two weeks, you ought to be doing that. None of that at all. There was a new life in them. And so change was happening, and they felt a new inclination to live in a different way. And Paul says earlier in chapter 8 of Romans, he says that this new direction is away from sin and towards God. Perhaps those friends of mine, they didn't really care about God before. They weren't bothered about pleasing him. But now the life of God in them led them to move in a new Godward direction, to want to please him, to be interested in the things of God, to delight in God himself. And here is how Jesus said the Holy Spirit would bring about this new internal direction. He said he would send another to be our counselor, which doesn't mean lying on a couch, getting some good advice and getting things off your chest. It means one who comes alongside to help. The Holy Spirit in the follower of Jesus is one who comes alongside, comes within to help. Let me give you an illustration of that. I read this headline in the news a while ago. Pilot lands without a scratch after going blind at 15,000 feet. And the story went like this. When the instruments on Jim O'Neill's four-seater Cessna aircraft became difficult to read, he assumed it was the glare of the sunlight as he flew over North England at 15,000 feet. But it was only when the dials themselves became blurred that, that he realized the full horror of his predicament. He actually was a solo pilot who had gone blind in one eye. A mid-stroke flight had put pressure, mid-flight stroke, I'm sorry, had put pressure on his optical nerve and robbed him of sight in one eye and severely affected the sight in the other. And so he found himself unable to follow instructions from air traffic control who were obviously attempting to guide him in this emergency situation to the nearest landing strip. Instead, what happened was this. An extraordinary rescue started to take place when the RAF, overhearing this emergency happening, sent a military plane to fly alongside Mr. O'Neill and shepherd him into land. So this pilot in the RAF aircraft would be saying up a bit, down a bit, left a bit, right a bit, and so on, guiding him into land. Mr. O'Neill said, it was terrifying. Suddenly, I couldn't see. The dials in front of me were a blur and I was helpless at the controls. That's a little bit like, if you like, what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's coming alongside or coming within to guide and help and nudge us and say a little bit this way, a little bit that way, if we'll only stay open and listen to him. New direction. That's what God has promised. That's what Jesus came to bring to us as, his, as God's children. God in us. A new direction. And then verses 15 to 17 talk about new identity. I switched the TV on last week and, uh, and there was a game show on. Uh, I can't remember what it was about. I wasn't w planning to watch that at all. It was just on for like 30 seconds. I happened to catch the very beginning. And uh, what they were doing was they were saying to each of the contestants, tell us your name and who you are. And so one would say, my name's Liz and I'm a graphic designer. The next would say, my name's Brian, I'm a school teacher. 
it felt really dissatisfying. I want to say, well, who, who are you really? You're just telling me what you do, what your name is. Who are you really? What are you really? Well, listen, listen to what the Christian is able to say from verse 16 about who they really are. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That's who we are. I cannot think of any better news. I may not be very impressive. I may not be very talented. I may not be very popular. I may not be up to you know, the house size or the car of others in my neighborhood. I may not be even intelligent by the standards of my family, but I tell you what I am. I'm a child of God and there is nothing greater at all. And it's not a feeling I've worked up. It's not something I've convinced myself of by looking deep within myself and finding some good qualities and so on. All through Romans 8, is about what God has done, what God has declared, that God has sent Jesus Christ to live and die and rise for us so that God can declare of us that we are his children. And in our day, in our modern society, that's a very different way to find true deep meaning and identity compared to what is offered to us. Today, The idea is this, to love yourself, accept yourself, love yourself for whoever or whatever you believe you are. Which sounds liberating, it sounds amazing, but it's actually ultimately very, very empty. It's the philosophy of the Kung Fu Panda. I don't know if you've seen that classic film from DreamWorks a few years ago. I really enjoyed it with my kids. Let me give you a very quick snippet of what's going on there. To defeat the enemy, Poe, who is the panda, really you know, dumb-witted but heroic in the end, panda in the story, to defeat the enemy, he needs the power of the dragon scroll's secret. And Shifu, who is Poe's kung fu mentor, gives it to him. And he says to Poe, read it and fulfill your destiny. Read it and become the dragon warrior. Well, Poe opens this thing and there's just nothing on it. He's totally confused. All that there is is a reflective foil sheet. There's nothing written on it at all. Poe's completely befuddled by it. But he knows that the one who gave it to him is usually very wise. Anyway, later, Poe is chatting to his dad, who is a noodle soup chef. And they're just having a conversation about noodles and noodle soup. And his dad says to Poe, just chatting about noodle soup. He said, there's no secret ingredient in this noodle soup. To make something special, you just have to believe it's special. And right there, Poe has his moment of revelation. And he realizes what the dragon scroll means. The secret ingredient is nothing. It's just believing that you which of course is what the reflective foil sheet showed to him, that you are special and that if you just believe, you can do anything you want. And thus, Poe goes on to defeat the enemy empowered by self-belief. Poe has looked inside, as it were, and found his identity. But let's be honest. That sounds quite attractive, but so often if I look inside, I'm really disappointed. I know my flaws. I know I'm not that special. I don't really want that to be the end of my identity. I would rather 
listen to the Holy Spirit who testifies with my spirit that I am God's child. You may not think you're very impressive. You may not have done this. You may wish you'd done that. You might naturally define yourself in all sorts of ways. But God declares upon you, if you are a follower of Jesus, a new identity that no one can take away. Child of God. God is your father. And not only is this a declaration of fact, it's felt too deep down because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in me, testifies deep down in me with my spirit that this is true. I know it. I know it for sure. I might have all sorts of questions sometimes. I might have all sorts of circumstances or failures that seem to tell me otherwise. But deep down at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit testifies with my spirit that I am his child and that God is my father. Let me tell you, there is no better news. This is the message of Christmas. This is what the baby Jesus came to bring to us. Adoption as God's sons and daughters. He came as a helpless baby to live for us. He came to die for us and to rise for us, bringing us by his spirit new direction and new identity. It's absolutely magnificent. I would pray that you this Christmas will know the spirit testifying with your spirit that you are God's chosen and special child and that he will never give up on you and never leave you and whatever 2021 has to bring you are his if you're not a follower of Jesus yet please and I urge you to investigate there is no better news if you are a follower of Jesus please enjoy this magnificent truth because that is why Jesus came